0: Spirit. Oh, Spirit of the living God, Thou light and fire.
1: peace of Christ be with you and
0: also with you
1: let's turn and greet one another we welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this Pentecost Sunday especially if you are visiting with us today we're just delighted that you are here with us on each one of the pews there is a friendship pad it's near the center aisle it's a black folder and we'd love to have you fill it out and let us know that you're here with us today and pass it down the row so that other people can do the same thing Uh, you can see the announcements uh, especially of June, that are inside our connections, that is in your bulletin. I think there's only one of these things that is May, and that is that the final one of the deacon gatherings and communities uh, to talk with Jerry about his retirement and to kind of reminisce about some of the things in past years and talk about what's ahead, there's only one of those left, left, and you can see the information about it. It is this Thursday. It is at Rick and Maggie Craig's, and it helps us if you RSVP and you can read about how to do that. Also in June, our choir is having a concert on Sunday, June 3rd. It is a wonderful concert. They are doing a gospel mass, and they have a guest singer who is going to be absolutely amazing. I've been rehearsing with the choir. I'm not singing in that concert, don't worry. Um, <laughs> that's not me, but, but it, is a, it is really fun music. It's way too hard for me to learn it fast enough in order to sing with them. Um, our third Friday group is having their annual June picnic and it is going to be at Three Arch Bay and they are having a different caterer this year. They are having a kitchen in the canyon and they invite you to join them. You can sign up for that out on the patio today. Also, Judy Bell is leading a new women's Bible study that begins in June. And our summer book talk, we have a few more books that are out on the patio this morning uh, if you didn't get a chance to get one already. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord.
2: Triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the source of our life, the vitality of the Church of Jesus Christ, may the wind of the Spirit breathe upon us this day, even as, Lord, you breathed into Adam the breath of life and he became a living being. As you breathed into Israel's life the spirit of the new covenant. As you breathed upon the church in Jerusalem, so anoint your church anew and empower us for the mission you placed before us. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in their own language. Utterly amazed, they asked,
1: Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites,
2: Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord.
1: And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thanks be to God. Let us stand and sing.
0: Creatures, for God and King, let's sing together. All creatures of Argon and King.
1: in us this morning Holy Spirit we give you the places of our hearts that have been choked by the cares of this world we give you our tiredness our sin our struggles with apathy Holy Spirit come as we pray together Lord Lord, bring bring new life where where we are worn and and tired New love, where where we we have turned hard-hearted. Forgiveness, where where we feel hurt and where where we have have wounded. And And the the joy and freedom of your your Holy Holy Spirit, where we are prisoners of ourselves. And so we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. we pray through Christ our Lord amen my friends hear the good news those who are in Christ are a new creation everything old has passed away see everything has become new all this is from God with whom we have been reconciled through Christ in him you also when you had heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption. Thanks be to God. Amen.
2: your Bible to the Gospel of John chapter 12 and then 15 and 16. John 12 verse uh, 24 and as we read we know that we are totally dependent on the illumination of the Holy Spirit to bring the truth of God's word to life in our lives. John 12 verse 24 Jesus said very truly I tell you In chapter 15, the very end of chapter 15, verses 26 and 27, again Jesus says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. In chapter 16, verse 4, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me where are you going. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. And if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because they did not believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's an enlarged picture hanging on my office wall at home that was presented on Sunday morning to us on the 25th anniversary of our coming to Laguna Beach. It's a picture of Kay and I taken and posed in the high Sierras. And I'm laying uh, on the other side of a boulder with my legs, my hairy legs hanging over the boulder. And Kay is sitting on the backside of of the boulder on top of me. And so it appears as if this beautiful woman with this sweet smile on her face holding a book in her hands, all our losses, all our griefs, is sitting there with these awful-looking legs. (laughs) And there were a lot of laughs when that picture was presented by Byron and Donna Beam to us because they were with us with the Maxwells up on the High Sierras and Where the idea came from to pose the picture, I don't remember. But what was really important was the book that had captured our attention at that time, especially Kay's. All our losses, all our griefs. And it was this book about all the losses that come into our life over a lifetime. And the processes of living through those losses and grieving them. And being opened up to the future that God has for us. As healed persons whose life has been put together. How important that is. This is at the very heart of Christian spirituality And Christ is the model for what it means to be alive as one who is fully human. And we can observe the the rhythm, the pattern of his own life. In fact, we've been at the very heart of that pattern from Holy Week, in which we remembered on Good Friday that Jesus was lifted up on the cross. There he suffered and died that's the beginning of what Roland Ronald Rollheiser says is the Paschal mystery that Christ the very Son of God the second person of the Trinity came and shared the fullness of our humanity and placed his own life into the hands of God He died and was buried and on the third day on Easter Sunday morning he was raised to to life. On Easter Sunday we celebrated that great truth. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Come see where they placed him. And so the new season was launched, the season of tide, the 40 days after Easter until Ascension Day. A time in which the church was instructed by Jesus. The disciples were gathered, and he interpreted to them the kingdom of God, the reign and the rule of God in history, in their lives. And they had the opportunity to think through, to reprocess Their joys and their sorrows at the death of Jesus and the resurrection, which they yet did not fully understand. And then on the day of ascension that we do not recognize enough, Jesus was lifted up. The disciples were allowed to begin that processing of deepening, of thinking through again of surrendering to the Lordship of Christ, of of lifting up to the heavens all their losses, all their griefs, in order to move into the fullness of joy and power promised on Pentecost Sunday. And a few days later, it was our Lord Jesus Christ who poured out his Holy Spirit upon the church, And they were empowered for their mission to the end of the earth. They discovered now that Christ was with them in a new way. He was alive within them, energizing their lives, growing the fruit of the Spirit, giving gifts to the church, advancing God's mission from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Peter stood up and proclaimed that great sermon Rolheiser in his book, The Holy Longing, talks in one of his chapters about the Paschal Mystery. He says this is a pattern, this is a model that we are invited to use in thinking about our own lives, of processing all of our losses and griefs for the sake of being alive. He said, paschal death is something other than terminal death of the body. Paschal death is a spiritual dying. A coming to terms with the developmental processes of our lives. And that happens in many ways. And, And if we're spiritually alive, we're sensitive to that. And Christ is at the center, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said to one church, Christ in you, the hope of glory. From the moment of our baptism, we began to die to the power of sin and death but we are also raised to walk in newness of life. And that is a pattern that is repeated oftentimes daily in our lives of dying in order to come alive in Christ. No longer just dependent upon our own energy and willpower, but totally dependent upon God to empower us to be fully human, for the church to be alive in its mission and witness and its testimony. This morning I I simply wanted to share some of my journey with you. You've heard some of it before. But this notion of the Paschal mystery that my spiritual director asked me last week, this chapter in Rollheiser's book, he asked me to read it again, has been very powerful in my life and has caused me to think through some of these transitions in which I've been involved. I'll never forget driving my beautiful new Chevrolet from Lubbock, Texas, back home to Amarillo. Finished my second year at the University of Texas Tech, and I had this inner conviction that I was not coming back for my junior year. I'm not sure where that came from, but it was a sense of call. It was not that I was unhappy with the university, it was great. There was percolating in my soul a new beginning. And a couple of weeks before the summer was over, I found myself accepted to Westmount College in Santa Barbara. My parents packed me up in our car, my car, and drove me to Santa Barbara. From West Texas to Santa Barbara, I thought I'd gone to heaven. And they left, and years later, Dad said, when he got back home, they took the bus home, left me with the car. Years later, Dad said, I had the most lonely, empty feeling that I've ever had. And I didn't quite understand that until we took our son away to college and left him and came home and drove in that long driveway. That fall I called them one night in a pay phone outside the post office just to check in with mom and dad. As we were talking I came unglued and cried my heart out. I think they thought I wanted to come home. But no, it was not that I, I wanted to go back. I knew there was no going back. But it was the recognition that I had begun to die to my childhood. And I was moving into those young adult years as a 19-year-old, having left home and all the security and the comfort that that involved to face a new beginning that was so challenging and wonderful. That night by the post office, I was really hurting I'm fearful, but there was no going back. And when you long to be loved, you do, you, your love can lead you into relationships that are not good for you. I, I, I got married at age 21 to a 19-year-old. If I were a pastor counseling a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old about getting married, I would really caution them. That relationship and marriage after five years dissolved into a disaster. And I thought my life was over. And I wasn't sure that I could ever love again. And then I met Kay on a blind date. She had to have been blind. <laughs> 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 and it really frightened me. I was already on the staff of the La Cañada Presbyterian Church And I knew that one more divorce in my life would finish me in the ministry forever. So I needed to be very sure about that. We thrashed around for months. In the process, I found myself dying to my fears. And once again, Learning to risk for the sake of love and to trust God, the source of all love. And 50 years later, here we are. There have been a lot of deaths and resurrections as there have been in your life over 50 years. But thanks be to God for the journey. And then we recall from the security and the comfort of the La Cunyata Presbyterian Church to come to Laguna Beach. The farewell reception. Gary Demarest and I simply stood and hugged each other and held each other. We wept our eyes out. Not tears of sadness, but tears of joy and thanksgiving for a shared ministry together. I was dying to that place in order that I might come alive in a new way. Having processed the old and lifted it up to God and having been given a new spirit for being a pastor in this wonderful congregation that posed so many challenges, it was a healing, wonderful time. And these 40-plus years now, there have been a lot of deaths and resurrections and empowerments of the Spirit, not only for me, but for you, for all of us together. And I'm so grateful for all of those years. The same sort of process has been going on in the larger church, deaths and resurrections and empowerment by the spirit and new beginnings and walking away from previous experiences and failures and even successes we went through a time in the presbytery and really across the nation churches wanting to separate from our denomination for one reason or another ten in our own presbytery left and I think I spoke at all ten of their town hall meetings pleading with them to stay clinging to them only realized that I really needed to let go of them and live into the future of God's future for the church for them as well as for our presbytery and a new birth is coming. And there's a healing taking place. But it's a grief process. Sooner or later, we all become aware that we grieve the loss of our youth. I watched the PBS program last week about Hedy Lamar. That great actress who was so afraid of using, losing her youth and that beautiful face of her that she submitted to years of plastic surgery and at the end was unrecognizable. Of losing our wholeness, of, of having our dreams shattered, of dealing with disappointments, Well, this is what life is all about. And right along, I've had that awareness that one of the worst griefs in my life was coming when I retired from Laguna Presbyterian Church. I've been going through my books in my office, and I pulled out the little book that the pastor at the first church, where I was ordained on August 18th, 1963, he gave me the little book of worship with his name in it with the date there and I spent the next hour weeping over that little book because it symbolized to me a great and long 200 year history plus of the presbyterian church in america and all of us who have been a part of the leadership of worship and all that has come along with it it wasn't depressing simply an awareness of having invested one's life in the continuity of the kingdom of God. And every last one of us is involved in that, even in the brokenness of our lives. And so as I retire and separate in some spiritual way I'm working through a Paschal mystery, I'm having to die live into my future and you're on that journey with me also you're gonna have to die to me and come alive to new pastoral leadership whom you will love and with whom you will serve it's what the paschal mystery is about I thought about this yesterday in watching the royal wedding. You watch that? That Episcopalian bishop who preached that sermon took the world to church. <laughs> and hearts and heads were rolling in the aisles. And eyes were rolling. My God, we've never heard anything like this. He was preaching the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. And he's using the metaphor right out of the Old Testament of, this, of love which is fire. That's why we're in red this morning. You quoted Pierre de Chardin, the Jesuit priest who I first heard of from Gans Little at the Pasadena Presbyterian Church, this great evolutionary theologian at the time i had no idea what he was saying but he said what made civilization possible was the discovery of fire and everything that we know today is because we have harnessed fire he said jesus walked on the water at the sea of galilee but he said i didn't walk across the atlantic to get here i rode in an airplane with fire in its engines and it carried us across the ocean and into a new place. He made the point, and I think it was so appropriately made, to a royal family and to a world gathered in that chapel in Windsor, a community of people who know about fallenness and brokenness and sin and failure and emptiness and search, the accumulation of things, all of that, he made the point that what we need more than anything else in our world now is the rediscovery of fire. And the, what he was talking about, the rediscovery of the fire of God's love. And the good old apostle Paul said, That God has poured his love into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit given to us. This is the life of the church. It's your life and mine of this endless process of dying in order to live. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it bears no fruit. But if it enters the soil and dies it will bear much fruit this is the paschal mystery and it's the mystery of your life and mine the life of the church and so we move forward together taking one step at a time energized by the presence of Christ who at every dying and being raised again and anointed anew, we come to a deeper knowledge of and a deeper capacity to live out the commandments of the Lord, love one another as I have loved you. Pray with me. Lord, we belong to you in life and in death You've taught us the great mystery of life. That in order to live, we must die. Die to sin, die to death. Put on Christ. Continue the journey. The journey of transformation. The journey of being your people. Of learning to love one another in all the relationships of our lives. Thank you for all that we have learned. We celebrate it. We gather its wisdom. And we ask as we know what will be the truth you will be with us, walk with us you are the spirit of truth, the advocate, the comforter the counselor, the helper who comes along beside us to make us whole and to lead us until that day comes when we enter into the fullness of life which you alone can give we trust you We pray in your name. Amen. Stand and let's affirm our faith together. From our brief statement of faith, our book of confessions, responsively, we trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church, the same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles, rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life, and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily task and to live holy and joyful lives even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, come Lord Jesus. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering.
0: send us out. Fill us up and send us out. Fill us up and send us out, Lord. Fill us up and send us out. Fill us up and send us out. Fill us up and send us out, You fill us up to send us out. Fill us up to send us out. Fill us up to send. Let's stand and sing that. Go. Stepping forward, keep us from just singing, move us into action. We must
3: go. Beautiful <laughs> Savior, my Lord, my friend, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who came as a mighty rushing wind breathing life into dead bones and cold hearts, providing faith, hope, and love. We praise you for the comfort and guidance that you have given the church throughout all the ages. We pray that your spirit will empower our church and our lives with your compassion, that we would be filled with generosity and forgiveness. And we ask that we would be strengthened to serve you wholeheartedly. We pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to give us wisdom and discernment to better understand your will. We lift up the spread of your gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ throughout our communities and this world, especially this morning for all those we support through our mission outreach. Bless them. provide for their needs, and may they see fruit for their labor and ministry. Jesus, we thank you that you not only take interest in our daily lives, but that you deeply care and that you intercede for us by your Holy Spirit. We pray for places in our world that are hurting today. We pray for Syria and the Middle East. We lift up those in Texas who are grieving today. Comfort them. We now lift up the prayer you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, Father, who who art art in in heaven, heaven,
0: hallowed hallowed be thy thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come, come, and
3: thy thy
1: will will be done done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. And And give us this day our daily bread, bread. and And forgive us our our debts,
2: our charge and blessing you have given yourself to us Lord
0: now Now we we give ourselves ourselves for others
2: you have sent your Holy Spirit and made us a gifted people as As people people of Pentecost Pentecost, we we will serve you and and proclaim your good news with joy. joy your glory has filled our hearts help us to glorify you in all things